This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Well, I'm here with one of the bigger a-holes in radio, and that would be TJ Lang. Uh, and uh, to, to let everybody know what just happened, uh, as we record every week, we use a lot of the equipment that I use to record all of my podcasts. And I carried around a little briefcase, a little black briefcase. And it is my lifeline. Uh, I've got the podcasts I do at Michigan. I got the ones I do here. There's other things that I do that I need to be able to record with. And I've got this little, little machine that allows me to do it. So I bring it in in the morning, dump it off in the studio at about five in the morning. Stoney and I do our morning show. And before it's over, when TJ and I come in to record Necessary Roughness, I always get it set up. And so I walk into the studio, and TJ is doing a recording with Greg Hargrave. And by the way, Greg Hargrave, I know he listens to this one. You're on the list. He's an accomplice. He yeah. is, is definitely on the list. And I didn't see it coming from him. I walk in, and my black briefcase with all my equipment is gone. And I'm waiting for TJ to finish his recording. And I think maybe maybe he just set it down. Maybe they're, you know, they just got it off the counter because they needed some counter space. But no, he says that. Uh, oh no, somebody just came in here and uh, and and picked picked up a, a was it a black black briefcase looking thing? I'm like, yeah, you nailed it. Uh, and and I knew he, exactly what it looked like. Yeah, and so I, I he says, you know, somebody just picked it up. I asked him. I'm like, okay, who was it? I went through some number of the people in the building. He goes, oh, I don't really know anybody's name. And he goes, it was kind of a, you know, I don't know. I, I, I didn't really get a good look. I'm like, he walked right <laughs> past you. And I asked Greg, I'm like, Greg, do you know who it was? And he does the, the shoulder shrug. He's got his headphones on like he can't really hear me. But, I, damn it, I know he knew exactly what I was saying. So I'm running all over the building <laughs> to, to, to find my equipment. I'm asking our engineers. I'm asking the janitor. I'm asking, uh, you know, Greg. Greg again lied to me. He just by, by The shrug means I don't know, which he damn well knew exactly who it was. So um, come to find out, after I had rallied the troops and everybody in the building was looking for <laughs> – this little black briefcase. I walk up, and there's TJ. Oh, you mean this one? The one that I hid from you? <laughs> ha, ha, ha. I, I could have I probably went a good another, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 minutes on it. Yeah. You know when you play a joke, though, and uh, you have to kind of test your emotions, like, all right, am I going to be able to hold it, right? Yeah. I kept, I kept kind of going through that while you were away, like on the op- opposite side of the building. <laughs> 
I kept trying to go through the emotions. You were laughing and while you had laugh. the opportunity. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to be able to hold it. When I saw <laughs> yes. when I saw you walking down the hallway with another lady <laughs> going through every studio <laughs> trying to find it, I started, I had to turn my back to you. I'm like, oh, no. Now he's bringing, now he's taking other people away from their jobs. <laughs> he's got a whole search party. Yeah, now you're the real asshole. <laughs> yes. And so I had just, and the, the reason I find it, it, it at least somewhat funny is because for those of you that listened to the crosstalk and then the first few minutes of, of Carson Anderson, I told the story, um, and TJ, I shared it with you. I'm going to share with our listeners real quick of Doug and I going to get our credentials down at the Orange Bowl. And it was, it was the only time, the pretty much the only joy I had in that entire trip other than the kickoff. Kickoff wasn't so bad, but after that it got bad. We'll get into that later. But we're going to the media hotel down in Miami, and as we pull in the driveway of the hotel, across the driveway in front of the car runs this gigantic iguana, this gigantic lizard. It had to be three feet long, and if I were to measure it from the ground to the top of its head, when it stopped running and and it perched in its own little kingdom – it was, it had to be, you know, between six and eight inches tall. It was a big dude. And so Doug comments on it. I come on, comment on it. You know, we're used to the rabbits running across the street, maybe a squirrel. Every once in a while you see a turkey, something like that, maybe a deer, right? But not an iguana. And so we go into the, ho- the hotel, we pick up our credentials, we come back out, we talk to a few people. As we're walking to Doug's rental car, it hits me. Like, I think Doug was. A little bit uneasy about seeing that gigantic he lizard. Like, he didn't like that big lizard. He didn't no. like it, and so I'm a I'm I'm about a half a step behind him, and I, all of a sudden it hits me. I'm like I got to play this joke on him, and I look at him. I look at the ground, and I scream, "Oh my God, Doug! Look out! It's a lizard!" <laughs> <laughs> and this dude jumps three feet in the air and takes off in a dead sprint. Now, it's a good thing Doug is in, in fairly good shape, or I might have killed the man because he hit the panic button and absolutely ran. I started dying laughing. I could not control myself as he is running away from us. Obviously, there's no lizard there. And what made it even better was I look up from my, from my you know, trying to catch my breath from laughing. Doug's holding his shoulder. I'm like, Doug, what happened? <laughs> like, did you fall down? He blew He's a rotator like, no. cuff He's from an imaginary lizard. He jumped <laughs> and somehow wrenched his shoulder, and, it, and his shoulder was hurting. He was breathing hard. Oh, he was in a panic. He goes, where is it? I said, it's nowhere. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so Doug. I'll that, open this up to you. That would have been me, by the way. I mean, oh. anything that crawls, moves, snakes. Lizard, spite, not, no, nope. That nope. would have, that, that's good information <laughs> nope. for me to have following this morning's events. Um, I may, you, you we, I may open up this, nope. this equipment bag and there's going to be no equipment in there, but a couple of big old black snakes. <laughs> to see you squeal like a little girl. Yeah, it would work. It would yes. Work. What's the best, uh, because we, we, we all, especially as offensive linemen, right? We, we enjoy a good practical joke. Oh yeah. Do you have a good one that you played on either, whether it's a teammate in college and the pros, uh, maybe a coach? Um, coach? No, I think, uh, you know, 
the NFL locker room, especially in training camp, it can be so tedious that, yeah. you know, I think I always considered myself and, you know, a couple of my line mates, Josh Sitton, we were kind of the, uh, you know, class clowns as to say, you oh, know, yeah. just keeping it light, you know, when things get a little heavy and enjoying the process. Um, Aaron Rodgers, actually, Aaron was a, a, a quite a prankster himself. Um, I found this out, you know, as a young player, um, and I would always kind of be like the sneaky kind of prank guy, you know, mm -hmm. like I'd go up and, and some of the, uh, some of the classic, you know, football pranks, whether it's, you know, filling somebody's cleats up with a bunch of soap and shampoo. That way, when they go sweat at practice, they just have bubbles just leaking all out of their cleats. Uh, you know, staying on the sideline, taking baby powder and dumping it in somebody's helmet as they hold it next to them. And then yeah. when they put it on, you know, just get a big white cloud of dust all over their head. Uh, uh -huh. I used to I used to trick with guys, you know, I'd, I'd go up to Aaron's locker and I'd pour a bunch of baby powder over everything right and mm -hmm. it would piss guys off and it's just something so stupid and then you know he'd come in the locker room and i'd go up to him and be like hey I, you know don't tell him i told you i saw john coon messing with your locker you know and then i would just kind of watch it right i'd watch i'd watch aaron go to coon's locker and completely with his and then, and then john would come in who did this and then everything cleared out i'd be like hey i, I don't tell him I told you. I saw Josh sitting doing it. In the <laughs> <laughs> I, would create, I would just create yeah. havoc in the locker. Everybody's messing with each other's yeah. No, It was nobody's fault but mine. But, you know, training camp was fun. I mean, you know, staying uh, in Green Bay was always fun because we stayed at, like, these dorms, right? These yeah. old-school dorms, St. Norbert College, uh, close to Green Bay, and uh, you know, we'd always, whenever there was like a day off, right. Hey, we had three straight padded practices and then we got a rest day coming up the night before is when you had to keep your eyes open, you know, oh, cause yeah. that's when the, that's when the scavengers came out and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just the classic, uh, you know, 20 gallon, uh, garbage cans filled with water leaned against the door. So when they open up in the morning, you know, just get a wave of water coming in the room. Good just, just, I think, that, man, I think there was like, I didn't even know you could buy this. I, I think there was uh, like a thousand crickets involved one time oh, that nice. got released into a room. Um, you see some anger though. I mean, you see some anger, some guy, you, you find out who can take a joke and who can't, you know, in the NFL, I'll tell you what, but, uh, those were always good, man. I, I, I took the most pleasure out of being the guy that started all the yeah, and then watched everybody else just wreak havoc on everybody else. <laughs> you you sit there like deep. you just sit there twiddling your fingers, uh -huh, right? just watching yeah. it, laughing, and nobody knew. But where do I uh, take this next? Yeah, man, it was good. I mean, I know there's a couple more that I'll think of, you know, as we as we go on. But those... we used to do it. Uh, um, Spurrier uh, was our coach for two years, and and we we always used to play this prank on the on the rookies. It's not really a prank; it's just something stupid that you do. Uh, you get to the hotel, and, and there's a table set out with all your keys. And I would take mine, and then I would take all of the rookies' keys. So, oh, yeah. you know, they would they would then come up. They would look for their keys every time. It wasn't be there. They'd have to go to the front desk. It was just a pain in the ass for them. I would do it to Spurrier. But the thing about Spurrier is I would – first of all, I don't know why they kept putting his key out. Whoever was putting the keys out didn't get the memo that somebody was going <laughs> to steal his key. Yeah, yeah you know, keep an eye on his key. <laughs> and so we would take his key – and I would then go stand around the corner like I was six years old and wait for him to come get his key. And every single time he would look for his key and then he would call his assistant over and be like, hey, 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 hey have you seen my key? Have you seen my key? And, and 
you know, the assistant knew what was going on by that, you know, like eight weeks into the season, right? You can't not figure it out. And he'd be like, coach, somebody took your key. Why, why do they think that's funny? They keep that every week. They take my key. Why do they think that's funny? And his assistant would literally look him in the face and go, coach, I think this is why. And he goes, yeah, I, well, it gets you all riled yeah, up. What, what, I don't what. Why do they think this is funny? He just kept saying it, and and so we would obviously be laughing. We'd go up to our rooms, and and he just he I don't to this day he probably has no idea uh, what was going on. But taking um, the keys, classic, and even you know we we used to do that too. And um, you'd go, you you whoever was off first on the bus, right? You'd always kind of race up, grab a couple, and then oh, we yeah. all kind of go up that way. When the rookies are waiting in line at the front desk, now you have time to go in go the room, the, go in the room, yeah. and, you know maybe. maybe Maybe hide a little bit, maybe scare the shit out of them, or maybe order some, uh, you know, some room service, some interesting uh, movies, oh, movies on the too. Uh, TV, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Depending on uh, where you're at, uh, some food. <laughs> That's what you used to be right? able to do, yeah. Five, ten minutes later, they get in their room. They've got about eighteen entrees waiting for them <laughs> <laughs> coming in the door that they got to pay for. So, yeah. so that, was, that, was, that was a classic. Hey, you guys hungry? <laughs> yeah, classic. <laughs> yes, but um, hey, we had. Uh, I don't even know if you want to call it a practical joke. We had a couple of games this weekend that uh, were funny to some, not to others. Uh, the semifinal game did not go the way that Michigan or Michigan fans thought it would go, uh, although Vegas had it pretty much nailed um, with their line from the, the moment of, of go. Uh, but the one I want to talk about first is, is the Lions. And I don't want to get into the fact that they lost or they gave up 51 points. All of that stuff uh, we know, and we don't need to discuss it much anymore, but there was a performance, and there's been a guy that's played extremely well in his rookie year, especially since the bye week, and that's Amon Ross St. Brown. I have been pleasantly surprised by the development that he has had, and I'd love to hear it from you from the field level because you get a chance to see him you know, play the games and how different he is now from from week one what have you seen from Amon Ross St. Brown I think it's just the development as far as uh you know understanding coverages understanding what teams are trying to do uh maybe to take you away or take your strengths away I think uh you know the first half of the season was frustrating when it, in the passing game with this team because it never looked like it, it just looked like street ball right and I know a big part of playing wide receiver in this league is all right you get out to your split you get out to your alignment first thing is okay identify uh your matchup right and okay maybe this guy's jammed maybe this guy's pressed read the safeties okay I might be getting man coverage right that changes maybe the depth of my route maybe that changes uh combination I have with the guy next to me um or hey you know it's I think it's going to be cover two I think it's going to be cover three but then there's a reaction after the snap because teams are so damn good at disguising what they want to do uh, you have to have a quick reaction time. Okay, I thought it was cover two to actually cover four, right? Now I got to mm-hmm. do this. And th- I didn't see a lot of adjustments, not not only with him, but really the whole passing uh, game, really, in the first, like, seven or eight games, I want to say. But now it's come to a point where um, you're seeing them start to scheme guys to get open, right? You're, you're seeing them start to utilize Okay, you know, they're 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 in man seventy five percent of the time on third and you know, five to ten, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well it's third and eight, let's call some man beaters, right? You're starting to see a little bit more of that and with with uh with Amonra, um it's just he looks like a vet. I mean, he looks like he understands where the holes are gonna be in the coverages. Um 
He's got sneaky speed. Yeah. You know, I think watching him, especially live, like there's he doesn't look like a burner type guy, but then he'll get the ball and he'll make a couple moves and he'll get some yak and you're like, Oh wow, like he you know, he's got a little burst to him. He's got a little you know, a little little sh to him as the coaches say. Yeah. Um but in his hands, I mean he's got he's got pretty damn sure hands, man. I haven't seen him drop a whole lot of passes and uh, he just looks like a crafty player for being so young, being a fourth round pick. The development mm -hmm certainly looks like it has uh, been sped up for him. And I think that uh, the coaches are starting to trust him a lot more. You know, they're utilizing him really as their number one guy. I think the quarterbacks, whether it's Boyle or, or Goff, uh, have built some chemistry with him. Mm -hmm. They trust him. They know where he's going to be. They know he's going to be in the right spot. And uh, that's, that's the biggest thing when it comes to a rookie wide receiver is you have to have the trust of the quarterback. The quarterback's not going to throw you the ball if, <laughs> if you're messing up routes in practice yeah. and uh, you know early in the game. So he, he's been a guy that, uh, i, I got to tell you, for being a pretty dark season, um, you know he's, he's a guy that's definitely stood out with a couple, couple other rookies. I mean, Panay Sewell, I know, doesn't have the stats, right? He's not breaking any records because there's no stats you can give to offensive tackles, but – um, he's been a hell of a player too, yeah. man, and it's it's encouraging seeing um, the young guys not only play a lot of football but play really productive football. And you know, yeah, guys like those two can be building blocks for a long time. They they certainly can be. And just for some numbers, since the Minnesota game, uh, the last five games, Amon Ross St. Brown has had four touchdowns. The only time he didn't score uh, was in the game at Denver. Uh, but he's had 10 catches against Minnesota. Uh, he had eight in both games against Denver and Arizona, nine against Atlanta, again, eight uh, against Seattle. Uh, and that was – the Seattle game was his first time that he topped 100 yards. He had 111 yards on eight catches. And for the season, he's got 82 catches, 803 yards. He averages just under 10 yards a catch. Those are pretty damn good numbers for a rookie receiver. Yeah, yeah. That was a fourth-round pick. Yeah. Now I'll I'll ask you this question: How good can he be if he is the number two or number three? If you get a bona fide, because I don't think anybody argues the fact that he's not a, a bona fide number one target. But if you get a, if you go whether it's free agency or the draft, and you get a number one receiver, T.J. Hawkinson stays healthy. Let's call him the number two. Amon Ra could be, I think, even more productive and more dangerous as a number two receiver or a slot guy that's facing, you know, maybe uh, the defense is, you know, second best corner, whatever it is. Um, yeah. I'm totally with you. I don't know where uh, you really comparison. I mean, you know, just for Detroit fans, I know a lot of people want to compare him to what golden Tate did. And um, I don't mind that comparison, yeah. you know, as far as uh, where I project him uh, being and golden Tate was a hell of a receiver in this league for a long time. A lot mm -hmm. of catches uh, slot guy over the middle, not afraid to, uh, you know, get dirty, uh, you know, run blocking, whatever it is. Um, you know, Golden was probably a little better, you know, after the catch. I mean, just yeah. a little more shake to him and uh, a little bit more, you know, quick twitch movements to make guys miss. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I think, look, I, I mean, the kids, kids I, I hate comparing rookies to, like, really good players because then it's just you set, a, you set an expectation that a lot of times is unrealistic. But I don't know that Amon Ra can't be – uh, a number one. I mean, I, I, I'm sure they're still going to go out and get somebody, but you're right. If you put him in a different package in the slot, you know, even utilize what we saw him uh, kind of as a, you know, a 
Swiss Army knife type guy getting some carries out of the backfield. Yeah, going for the twenty yard, you know, touchdown there on the third down. Um, he's a guy that I, he you have to put the ball in his hands. I, I think that's something that's very evident. And you're right. If you go get another guy, uh, that's just going to make um, Amon Ra more dangerous. Yeah. You know, that's gonna that's gonna free up a lot more opportunities for him because he's been having this success. You know, the last three, four, five games really without. DeAndre Swift without TJ Hawkinson last week without Josh Reynolds mm-hmm. and he's still producing at a high level so you know you get you get a couple more weapons I mean yeah I mean I think he's a guy that you know he can he can be a premier player in your offense he can be a feature type guy mm-hmm. well we'll uh, we'll talk about the other game here in a second because we've got uh, we've got one more week of the NFL season the regular season and uh, Detroit will host your Green Bay Packers uh, one seed Yes, the number one seed. We probably won't see. That might look like a preseason game, by the way. Yeah, probably a lot, of, a whole lot of Jordan Love um, with the toe injury that uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers is is facing. Before we move on, I'll ask you this: I, as an as a lineman, now we're talking about completely different positions here and a different rhythm. When you get to what used to be, you know, week seventeen, now it's week eighteen with the buys and. You have the bye week ahead of you for the playoffs. How much are you concerned that a team sits their their starters in that very last game? They then sit another week because of the bye. It's three weeks from game to game. Is there a risk of losing rhythm or having to regain that rhythm when you get to the playoffs? Because there's no room for error when you get to the playoffs. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I think it's... Uh a little overblown you know yeah. i don't think that resting players has a direct effect on performance how, how performance you know in the playoff games i mean maybe i think that argument was you know kansas city a couple of years ago when they you know rested a bunch of guys and then i mean they were losing by like 10 points in every playoff game and yeah. had to make a bunch of comebacks they were fresh um, and they came back and, and ended up winning a lot yeah. um but yeah i think uh, and i only went through it once i think 2011 we had the one seed locked up we were you know 14 and one going in the last week and uh we rested a bunch of guys and you know we came out uh had the bye came out against the giants and you know they just rolled us and it was ugly and i don't i don't think anybody was really pointing fingers out damn if we would have played yeah all our starters against detroit week 17 it might have been different right because you still have the extra you still have the bye week anyways you're still taking a week off so i don't think there's any direct you know correlation there just being a player um Especially if you're a veteran team, you know, like the Packers are. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't think there's much concern there. Um, just because you got Aaron Rodgers, man. You got Devontae yeah. Adams. Those guys can take, you know, six months off and come back and be on the same page. You yeah. know you know what I mean? And it gives you an opportunity to just to make sure that you're going in full strength, right? You know, I, I think people would have a lot more concern if Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams were to play Aaron Rodgers is playing with a bad toe. Yeah. If he gets stepped on in Detroit, you're going to have a ton of people saying, what the hell is he doing out there? Right. right? That, so, that's probably a bigger effect yeah, than, than sitting out. hundred percent. And that's where it really comes down to me that uh, being, you know, that safe over the sorry route, just being playing it safe, right? Get everybody fueled up, get everybody healthy. Your, your, your starters, your, your premier players, 
right? They're not going to bench all their starters, but I'd be shocked if Aaron Rodgers was out there. I'd be shocked if Devontae Adams was out there. I'd be shocked probably if, you know, Aaron Jones was out there. Just their playmaker guy, the guys that they lean on, uh, you know, that they have to have healthy. Um, mm-hmm. So, no, I don't, I, I don't expect them to play. I know Aaron Rodgers came out, you know, earlier this week and said he wants to play. Um, if he does, I mean, I can't see it being more than like a preseason game where it's like a series yeah, or two. Yeah, a series or two and, and then you're out. out. Right, but, yeah, I think uh, veteran teams, I, I think it's smart to make sure you're going into full strength. Well, we have two bowl games to talk about here in the state of Michigan, at least two that we're going to talk about. We were, there were many more teams. Central Michigan had a great showing against uh, Washington State. Yeah, um, with like and, four days of preparation. Too. Right, yeah. 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 <laughs> Practice is overrated. It is, yeah. <laughs> but now, the two bowl games that we want to talk about is one, one was a win. It was a good win by Michigan State, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl down in Atlanta. Uh, the other one, not such a great game, but it was the college football playoffs between Michigan and Georgia in the Orange Bowl. And not a great showing by Michigan. Let's start with Michigan State and Pitt. Um, your takeaways from from that game where there's no Kenneth Walker, um, there's no Kenny Pickens for for Pittsburgh. Um, when you watch a game without some of the stars, mm-hmm. what do you? How do you watch it? Like, what is your expectation of of that game? Are you just sitting down watching a football game? Pretty much, yeah, and I, I felt the same way watching the Rose Bowl, you know, even without yeah. uh, Ohio State missing a bunch of guys, which that was a fantastic game, too. Awesome. Um, yeah, but the Michigan State-Pittsburgh game just kind of, you know, it was on. I mean, I wasn't, uh, as a Michigan fan, wasn't, you know, rooting for or against Michigan yeah. State. It was just kind of, you're just hoping to watch a good game, and I think that's the concern, though, when you're missing, uh, obviously, like Pittsburgh, missing your uh quarterback i mean you just worry about the eventually got down to their third quarterback yeah and then their backup looks like he's okay guy you know he might be able to you know lead him to some some points and then he gets hurt um you know you always just worry about the you know if it's going to be a good game or not i think that's what it comes down to you just don't want to watch bad football right and that was Kind of a sloppy game, a little bit. You know, Michigan State coming out of half and turning it over right away and yep. going down 11, and you're like, no way they're going to lose to, you know, a third-string quarterback, right? And then they come back and obviously uh, clinch the game there in the last minute. But I, I thought it was a, a good win. I don't think it was, you know, spectacular by any means. Yep. Um, you know, obviously for Michigan State, getting to 11 wins is was pretty incredible just with, uh, you know, their – what everybody projected them to be at in the you know before the season, but um, I I, I got to be honest with you though, as a Michigan fan too, I think I watched that game just to see what the future can be like for Michigan State. You know, see mm-hmm. uh, what's what young guys they have, how, how they're developing, and and how they're playing. And I know Peyton Thorne, I think, got the MVP, but I didn't think he played that great. I mean, and, and I know his stats, you know, three hundred fifty yards look great, but through the ball fifty times, I thought the one touchdown he had that was impressive was that one to Connor Hayward. I thought over the middle, you know, where he kind of fit it right in between the safety and the linebacker, I thought that was a big-time throw. The mm-hmm. other touchdowns were like, you know, I, I think it was uh, Jalen Naylor just – or no, it was, it was it was Reed. It was Jalen yeah. Reed just made like two freak circus catches. Yeah. And you're like, okay, yeah, get, good job by the quarterback giving him a chance. But, man, that's just great job by the receiver. He made a lot of throws, though, that, you know, crossing routes – Throwing at the feet or throw mm-hmm. overthrowing it, underthrowing it, and, and you're just like, gosh, those are simple. And I, I think come from just from being a Michigan fan, you're looking at this team and you're like, okay, without a freak athlete like Kenneth Walker at running back, 
Yeah. Not, not really worried about them too yeah. much, you know. Well, not really worried, and I know they've gotten, you know, I think they're getting some trains for kids in, but you got to look at them without, you know, uh, one of the best college players all year. And you know, they, they, quite frankly, I mean, you know, they looked good, but yeah. it wasn't overly impressed. No, overly impressive. I mean, it was a good win. Don't get me wrong, but there was nothing that came out of that game as a Michigan fan that I'm like, oh shit, like Michigan State's scare me yeah. you know in the future and we got the same problems with michigan too don't get me wrong they're losing a lot of players too but um yeah you know just kind of felt like a yeah, it's gonna blah yeah. type of win yeah, yeah. well i, I do want to say my hat's off to Jalen naylor yeah uh because he you know has declared since the game that he's gonna go on to the nfl um and where he gets drafted what happens there we don't know uh and i'm not ready to make any type of predictions as to where some of the local guys go but the fact that he played in that game, and he was probably thinking ahead of time, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm going to the NFL, whether he wanted to, to show one more time, whether he wanted to play with his teammates, whatever it was, he made that decision to play in the game, and I've got a lot of respect for him doing that. We don't know yet what Jaden Reed's decision is going to be, um, but if he decides that he's going to the NFL, um, he's he made that decision to play in that game as well, mm-hmm. and I... I'm not going to hold it against anybody that doesn't play, but I am going to applaud the guys that make the decision to play in those games. Yeah, and it's smart for those guys. I mean, I, I, I think when you talk about Naylor or Reed, I mean, they're both very good college players, but, you know, they're, they're going to be first-round guys, you no. know, maybe even second-round guys. Yeah, so those guys, I, I definitely agree with the fact that you do everything possible to try to uh, not only help your team win, but try to improve your, your draft self stock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not holding anything against – you know Kenneth Walker or Chris Olave or uh, you know any of those guys that sat out. Um, you know because I quite frankly those guys are the best at their position. Yep. You know and and I don't think a bowl game was going to change that. It wasn't going to drop him. You can't go higher than being number one in your position anyway. So right. um, nothing wrong with that either. So the other game that was played on New Year's Eve, uh, one that I was at, Georgia ended up winning the game 34-11. to 11, um, And if you think that's close, it wasn't even that close. <laughs> Ooh, no, I think Georgia, uh, I think Georgia, I think they showed a little mercy. It kind of felt like just watching the game. Well, at the end of the first half, oh my goodness. I, I didn't understand. You get the ball with like over a minute left. A minute and 30 left. At your own, I think, 40 or 40, you know, five-yard line. And they're just like, yeah, we'll run a couple times, get out of here with a 27-3 lead at half. And they could have probably gone down and scored. I mean, just the way that first half was going. So I think Georgia kind of – it felt like they let up a little bit. It felt like they kind of threw on the brakes and were like, okay, we've done enough damage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll go for the knockout in the second half. But, yeah, that was uh, – you were there in person. I'm sure it was – Probably even more dreadful in person. At least I got to walk away from the TV a couple huh. times when I got frustrated. But I, I will say this to start with: I once the game started, right? I kind of had nerves as a Michigan fan. Um, you know, obviously, you, you kind of going back and forth, right? You know, it's SEC, it's Georgia. They've been the number one team for a reason yeah. for what ninety nine percent of the season, right? Um, they're a damn good football team. But you know what? We're playing pretty good too. All right, let's just see what happens. You know, and I didn't really go in with. Uh, a gut feeling either way of what was going to happen. But um, as that game kind of progressed, you know, where it, you just felt like it was just over the minute it started, I didn't really – I didn't find myself surprised at all. You know what I mean? I didn't yeah. find myself surprised. It felt like a – it felt like a normal feeling that I usually have watching Michigan 
play in big games, right? And not not this year, but for the last six years, right? It just had that feeling of um, playing another big-time team, got a chance to win, got a chance to really prove something, and just uh, disappointment, you yeah. know? And I know they've had this season. It was still a you know, great season for well, that them, was beating a, Ohio well, State. That was what I was going to ask you is, does it, does it change your – opinion of this season does it change the way you feel about the way that they played and won you know they beat Ohio State they won the Big Ten Championship does it change any of that for you um no I mean I think this it's you feel a little disappointed just by the way they went out um and how they went out but no I think uh you know when you look at when you take a step back and you look at the majority of the season and okay you you lose to Michigan State and it's like gosh you know, normal Harbaugh, here we go again. And you mm-hmm. see the fight and the, uh, you know, persistency that this team has and they come back and they battle back and they battle back and beat Penn State. And then you get, to, you know, the premier matchup against Ohio State and there was nothing fluky about that. Michigan just kicked the ass, right? You don't yeah. win by 15 points over one of the best teams in the nation by accident. I mean, they kicked the ass. Um, so, no, I think it was still an impressive season, but it's just like when you end that way, yeah. It starts to make you think really the Ohio State game was the one premier win that they've had and you know since Harbaugh's been here um does that start to outweigh all the you know just devastating losses that they've had right it kind of makes you think a little bit because that's just how it ended and now you right. got to sit on that you got to sit on this playoff game for eight, for, months. For eight months right and you don't know where this where, where it's going to take this program now I don't know if this is kind of the ceiling you know for Michigan getting to the you just getting to the playoffs and really not being able to make much noise um I, I still think that they're going to be um, hopefully moving forward, you know, similar season where, you know, it's you, Michigan State, Ohio State, and basically the three of you duke it out and yep. somebody comes out on top. Uh, I think it's still – that's still going to be their future that they've, they're going to have a chance to do that. But as far as the playoff goes, I mean, it just it, – it, it, I was surprised by the lack of uh, just like playmakers. You know, I was I, the the speed that Georgia had, the strength, the size that Georgia had. Yeah, it was evident, man, and oh. it was like holy shit! Like Jordan Davis you, is a big freaking these, dude. You knew these guys were big and strong, but you're like, oh, it just. I mean, my goodness, man, it just didn't even look like a fair fight. But no, for Michigan, I look, it was a disappointing finish. But um, you can't take away that Ohio State law win. Yeah. You can't take away. Uh, you know, forty point win in the Big Ten championship. You can't take away those uh, those victories, and hopefully, uh, you know that will provide you know the coaching staff and and support staff and everybody there what they need to kind of open their eyes up and say, okay, we're we're right there. This is what we got to do to get over that hump. And you know, John, anytime you you win a, a Big Ten championship, you go to a playoffs. I mean, that's got to help with recruiting too. And oh, I think yeah. that's that's probably the biggest takeaway. Um, that I have is hopefully they're now going to be allowed to go maybe, you know, get, get some, some, get five some of those five-stars and defensive backs. Yes, that want to go play for, you know, what's considered a, a potential playoff team, hopefully moving forward. And uh, we'll get a chance to talk about this next week, but just your early thoughts on national championship game. You've got two SEC teams. First, is it is it SEC and everybody else? Uh, because other than uh, than Ohio State, who they've been blown out in the in the college football playoffs, they've also won a national championship. Michigan mm-hmm. State's been there; they've been blown out. Michigan's been there; they've been blown out. Um, 
Is it is it really the SEC and everybody else right now? <laughs> Looks like it, doesn't or, it? Or is it is it more <laughs> more more? I know Florida had a few years there. Is it more just Alabama versus everybody else? Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it, Alabama has been the one consistent yeah. over the past decade. Yeah, yeah and I think um, you know what's interesting now in college football with the transfer portal with the uh, NIL money. I think. Um, I think it's you're starting to see you could start to see a little bit this year of uh, everything kind of working towards evening out a little bit, you know, yeah. where you got guys from Ohio State, you got guys from Alabama that their you know mo their identity was we're going to bring in guys that are going to develop, we're going to develop their ass off, they're going to sit for a couple of years because we got studs, but by the time you know they're juniors or seniors, they're going to be. All Americans, and they're going to be studs now too. Uh, with the transfer portal now, with kids these days, I don't think a lot of them want to sit for a year, for two None years, for three years. A lot of them don't want to get redshirted, and then oh, my first time really playing is when I'm a redshirt junior. Like that's four years. Do kids really want to do that anymore? So I, I think it's starting to even out now, where you have these kids that get recruited to big schools, and they find out they're not going to play right away, and it's like, well. Let me go transfer over here. And now I think it kind of balances everything out. And you saw it already this year with, uh, you know, Quinn Ewers, right? Yep. Big five-star recruit that goes to Ohio State, loses his job to C.J. Stroud. Boom, he's out. He's back at Texas, right? So that might – just this that whole portal and that whole transformation I think is going to start evening things out. Now, I don't know if it's just going to be still everything kind of favoring the SEC. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think those, you know, it's just uh, – kind of tired talking about man just alabama georgia sec every single freaking year yep. um you're some of these teams up north that have had a shot like you mentioned ohio state uh michigan michigan state notre dame um yep. is it going to even out for those teams too i think uh i think it ultimately will i just don't know how long it's going to take well hopefully it doesn't take much longer but uh, we'll get a chance to next week to break down the the georgia alabama game We'll wrap up the Detroit Lions football season because they will play their final game of the season at home at Ford Field against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, you've been listening to Necessary Roughness with Lang and Jansen.